0: what is erbit why do i keep hearing about it do i need to care today we're dipping a toe in the infinity pool that is Urbit. i'd love to insert a little three or four word explanation of what Urbit is here in this intro but that's one of the things about Urbit. its communications suck uh and that's kind of endearing given the rest of the enterprise um So to work through this, I have my friend Michael here, who is a real dyed-in-the-wool tech freak, which I say endearingly, to mean he has a lot of knowledge of the progression of technologies, hard and soft, over time, and, of course, is an active Urbit user. Welcome, Michael. Hello. How's it going?
1: I'm fine. You know, same old, same old. Where are you...
0: (laughs) where are you broadcasting from today uh
1: i am in the suburbs northwest of chicago
0: yes we are both we are both great lakes midwesterners yes um i was thinking about what if Urbit, instead of being galaxies was a lake (laughs) and like how you i don't know like you got like Plankton and like i don't know i it didn't really get very far with
1: actually it's interesting you say that um what i something i learned from someone at uh assembly was that apparently um the reason we call an orbit planet a ship was because originally they were like um tiers of ship so like there was like an aircraft carrier a battleship a cruiser a destroyer like (laughs) like different like size ships yeah Um, so yeah there there's a latent naval theme going on there actually I guess
0: I always I mean I feel like there's like a like are you more afraid of like great like the great unknown of space or like the great depths of unknown water or something like that so maybe that's why they're related to my head because it's like two things that are you really can only see a little bit of but go on like indefinitely
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Um, Well, I guess water isn't indefinite, I guess.
1: No, right, but there's a certain, like, (laughs) total otherworldly unknown to the depths of the ocean that, like, the void of space is kind of, you know, a void versus, like, Mm -hmm. there are, like, unknown creatures and, like, things lurking that we have no conception of, right? So it's, like, a different thing, you know?
0: I actually – I never was afraid of water when I was, like, a kid or anything, but as I've gotten older – I'm like more freaked out by like the ocean and the idea of like going on a cruise or something like that than I used to be. But I think it's because same way that like, I'm more afraid of like there being like a scary person hiding under the bed than I am of like a ghost because it feels more like tangible or something.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's very very (laughs) relatable to what what I just said. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. I, anyway <laughs> i don't know if i feel the same but i i can totally understand how you would feel that way yeah yeah
0: yeah i don't know whoever introduced this idea of like what's scarier space or water but it de- it it wound up over time making me more scared of water to think about them compared but anyway that's not that's really here nor Yeah,
1: there. We, we shouldn't dwell on this but like it's something <laughs> that like i see a lot of people on twitter talking about like uh you know like um how stupid it is that like elon musk wants to take us to, to mars and we become like a you know multiplanetary species and whatever everyone's like that's stupid like humans are meant to live on earth
0: mm-hmm. and
1: in that like i guess thought it becomes like well you know uh, there's this otherness of space but there's this like totally closer and almost more horrifying unknown lurking b- beneath us oh, and 100%. adjacent to us yeah. so yeah i understand like i totally get it yeah it's like almost creepier but it's just something you don't aren't aware of until you're faced with that you know and there's a lot more likelihood of you being faced with that like yeah void of the terror of water and like the mm-hmm. depths of the ocean and whatever yeah but i don't know
0: and i think if you die in space it would happen like really really fast and i think drowning yeah. sounds like a horrible excruciating yeah, totally. way to die anyway um we should move on <laughs> this is all very full circle because the technology podcast is what brought us together in a way uh over the over the course of like <laughs> Half a decade or yeah. something.
1: I was going to say more than a decade. Probably a
0: decade, yeah. Probably a decade. But um, my podcasting career began accidentally in 2014 or so um, when I w- was on the Verge cast weekly for like about a year, which is crazy because I forget about that time a lot. But it was a great time. It was a great season of life, as they say. Um, and Michael was a listener. And then in, over time, we became... Uh, friends online and here we are doing our very own technology podcast. But
1: uh <laughs> yeah, it's a very um surreal experience for me to say the least. Um but it's yeah, weird, going, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I love making friends online. It's so cool and weird. Uh but before we get into it, so I want to clarify why I'm for listeners, but also kind of for myself, why we're talking about Urban on my podcast, which is kind of like a fashion style podcast. Um I think what interests me personally about Urbit right now is how it's behaving as a brand, Uh, having like multi day live events with like niche merch, aligning with cultural influencers in spheres outside of its own. It's acting like a fashion brand or even like a liquor brand, but even more on point. Uh, Like, I think it's weird. Like I was thinking about this and I started thinking about like a brand like Gucci, which obviously like aligns itself with like actors and musicians and like all of these other people. Um, Or even like heaven Mark Jacobs, which clearly is doing a great job uh, being in touch with like the uh, sort of like online influencers all across different um, areas. Like it's not like they just, it's not like fashion brands just work with fashion people. So uh, that's kind of what I think, Is sort of interesting me mostly about Urbit. Um, I would love to talk to someone from like their marketing team, communications, event planning, whatever. Uh, But until then, we will begin to unpack the strategy and the allure here. The other thing I want to say about I've been doing a lot of research about um, like back into like the like mid two thousands, like two thousand five to like nine or something, and it's becoming increasingly important for me to create documents like in real time that live on. Because when I go back and research, it's such a strange experience to have a memory of something, but I can't find any evidence of it. Like I have this memory of Kanye and I guess the MTV awards saying award shows don't matter. And it, but it was the beginning of his spiel where he eventually went on to be like, I'm going to run for president in 2020 or whatever. And all of the news articles are obviously about the wanting to run for president part. And if you go and look for like the, the videos are all owned by like MTV, like no one has uploaded this to YouTube or something. So I don't know. It's just weird. Like I don't need now. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that's not a real memory, but I think it's a real memory. I'm pretty sure he said like award shows don't matter. And MTV just like scrubbed that. Cause it was, it was long enough ago that like, could do that. Um, And no one reported on it because there was something else to report on. So yeah, I don't know. It's become like important to me to just like talk about things like as they're happening as a touch point for myself in the future, but also for other people in the future. So with all of that out of the way, let's begin. Um, So I want to start with a working definition of Urbit because like I mentioned at the beginning, it's, impossible to just summarize it in three or four words um so i thought i would go first because i have less of a familiarity here so to me urbit is an operating system which is like what you have on your phone and computer that you have to update sometimes and it is a network in two ways i think one a network like it's all linked together like it can everyone on there can like or like yeah, I don't know. And two, a network of people, like a social network, which I know is going to make the real heads bug out, but I'm trying to make this simple and understandable. And the big promise of it is the Web3 idea that you will own your data, not totally sure what that means, and take it with you, not sure where, but wherever you go, uh, which only makes sense to me when it's contrasted with like Web2 platforms like Instagram or Twitter, which each individually collect data on your activity, which they own and can share or sell as part of the user agreement and uh, the general norms of the web as it is.
1: Um, yeah, that's, I think you got a lot of the basic ideas right. But the, so URBIT um, is most, <laughs> the two important things about URBIT are the operating system. It's it's two things. It's an operating system and it's an identity system. and the network part branches out of this identity system. What so, is um
0: just quick, can you like, <clears throat> like what is a parallel for an, cause that those words that like, don't mean anything to me, like what else is an identity system?
1: So it's, 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 like it's kind of almost ID? something kind of, it's almost something totally new okay. uh, at least how we would think about it. Like, I can't think of a real parallel that had that exists right now. So like um, an urban ID exists currently as an Ethereum NFT, but it doesn't, It can be on any blockchain, basically, is what I've heard. Um, And so that's like... um, That identity is intrinsically tied to that instance of the operating system. So, like, on my Erbit, I'm Ballet, Paul Pub, right? Okay. That is cryptographically tied to my instance of the Erbit operating system. So everything I do... Imagine, like... Do you remember when Facebook had apps...
0: You know what? It's giving social security number. Like Kinda. that's what I'm kind no, of
1: getting. No, that's seriously what it's what it's about. It's about having a persistent identity across different apps.
0: And every time so, that I apply for some kind of government services in New York or LA, yeah. My taxes or whatever, yeah. no matter yeah. where I go, I have to link it all back. Like, this is my social security number is the only thing that kind of ties it all together. Yeah.
1: No, but that's a, that's a great example, actually. So it's a persistent identity that exists across the whole computer. So when you have different apps, say like, you know, here will be an example. You wouldn't need different accounts for Facebook or Twitter or for Instagram or whatever. You have the identity of that computer that then runs the application on the computer. That's where the personal server part comes in. The, the operating system is running the software locally and then talking to other computers running the software. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Um, but I want to talk quickly about this word computer because I think this sure. is sort of a difficult concept. Yeah. It's really um, hard, yeah. Or because- really, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go but I think you know most people, when they hear the word computer, they think of hardware, they think of an object. But Urbit is using that word in a different way because we're not talking about carrying around like a physical computer. Urbit as a quote like computer can exist on different physical means.
1: Right. So there are um, current efforts to create Urbit-specific hardware, but that's oh. a whole other conversation that we don't yeah. need to cover. Realistically, right now, the way you run Urbit is um, you run it almost like, you remember how people used to run Windows in parallels on Mac? It's like that. Mm-hmm. You run it as a virtual eye, or, or they call it a, an overlay OS. So it's another mm-hmm. operating system running inside an operating system. The, the way I like to think about it, um, this is a really dates me um but like do you remember in high school you'd have like I'm um, the texas instruments graphing calculator mirage yeah. os for playing the games and stuff that's oh, kind yeah. of how I, th- yeah there's like a really really millennial chuggy ass thing to say but like um that's kind of what it's like it's an operating system that's running inside another operating system it's an so why operating system use the
0: word computer though
1: because it, it it is a um this is where it gets um there's nomenclature that I'm not comfortable using. There's words definitions I'm not comfortable explaining, um, but it is a complete computer. It can it can um, uh, uh, run applications, by you know autonomously by itself. It's not plugging into other system APIs or whatever. Um, it's a complete computer. It's just running or complete operating system. It's an yeah. operating system. Okay, really we should say operating system. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and you know. Again, there is native hardware for it being developed, but basically, it's an operating system that runs inside an operating system. This is why I was kind of explain uh, kind of starting to say, like, um, like Facebook, like how Facebook used to have apps and stuff like that. Facebook was trying to become an operating system in some ways, where mm-hmm. developers would build apps for it, and then you know you'd have your Facebook ID and then do little Farmville stuff and annoy all your yeah. friends and whatever. You know, it's like that. The parallel I loved that I, I never played it. Um, I was one of the people that was annoyed by it. Uh, (laughs) But no, but uh, uh, it's, you know, the the most direct parallel to things that already exist. Um, You know, they always compare themselves to like WeChat. You know how in China, everyone does everything through WeChat. Like, uh, it's like a social I know network of that that Exactly, immense.
0: Yeah, but I've never really like seen it in use or anything. Again,
1: I also I, I would yes, I'm in the same boat. But that's the one thing that you know while we're having a conversation about it to bring up. Uh-huh. That's that's kind of the thing where it's it's this, um. Uh, you know, operating system that becomes a, a central hub for digital life.
0: Honestly, it reminds me of the last time that I had a full-time job our like HR system with it's like little, uh, portals where you could do various things. Like, cause I, I went on urban, I think twice, <laughs> but actually I, I had to delete the, like whatever thing I had to download for my computer cause it just was taking up too much space and I wasn't using it. Um, but it, yeah, it's like, you just like open up this like screen and then there's these different, like. World, not worlds, but different like things you can go into. Yeah, so I don't know. Or I the rippling software, which I then googled and um, can be used as like spy. I don't know. I got nervous. About yeah, it. again, Anyways, it's totally different.
1: I, yeah, yeah, it's it's. We, 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 I don't want to go too far into this metaphor because it's that doesn't. It, it only yeah, works it to a certain matter. point. Yeah. Um, ag- again, it's it's a uh, it's kind of a totally different thing, but um, yeah. yeah so, and I'm not I, even
0: like so interested in the actual working of the. Product more than just like how it's behaving as a brand. But obviously we have to talk a little bit about what it actually does. Yeah,
1: well, cause it has, it, you know, the thing is it has really important cultural implications, right, of how we use computers. So mm-hmm. the, like I said, we should we'll wrap this up and move on. But again, Urbit is at its core two things. Those two things are an operating system and an identity system. Um, the identity system creates a persistent identity across devices. And so uh, each operating system instance is its own personal, is a personal server, basically, or acts as a personal server. And then computers talk directly to one another. They're not going abstractly to a, a third-party server in the cloud and then talking through other channels. Everything is, has persistent identity and is peer-to-peer. That's yes. kind of part of the most important thing is really for, for talking about this.
0: Yes. And the other thing that we should get out of the way because the cop, like it does matter for context, but it is something that is a whole other debate that I'm not so interested in, but like why, uh, is like quote controversial. Um, so I have a two, 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 uh, headlines with five years of distance between them that I find kind of interesting. So here's a headline on the verge from 2017. Alright, right darling Menchus Moldbug wants to destroy democracy. Now he wants to sell you web services. The VC funded day job of a fringe online philosopher, which damn, I need a VC to fund this fringe online philosophy for real. But <laughs> <laughs> basically, uh, the bullet points on that are that like Moldbug is, or was the blog persona of this guy, Curtis Yarvin. And he started posting in 2007, his thoughts on politics and culture, uh, which this Verge article calls, quote, controversial, comma often repugnant views. Um, and the, the sort of main controversies, I guess, are like, one, Curtis believes in neo-monarchy, which is why a headline like The Verge says things like, quote, wanted to destroy democracy because this guy has, like, different vision uh, for how it could all work. <clears throat> and two he's one of those people who I think defends ideas just to defend them, uh, like as an intellectual exercise, but it does upset people because we do live in a society, but I don't know, not the point of this episode, just context. Um, yeah. And he left in 2019, I think partially because his reputation was holding back the product. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, that is, uh, true. Um, I think, I obviously don't know a lot about this. I'm not sure how much has been written about it online. Um, but my understanding is that yeah, he left because of that. Um,
0: to like give uh, it and a even, shot. Yeah,
1: to, to give it more of a chance. And you know, a big thing like like he, Yarvin was on um, like Tim Dylan's podcast. I don't know a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Dylan, Tim Dylan, brought up Urbit, basically, mm-hmm. and Yarvin immediately shrugged it off. His and he he was very dismissive of it. Almost intentionally so to like move the topic on. Like, I think he very actively is trying to keep a low profile about that. He wants to be known as Curtis Yarvin, the thinker, and not this guy that made this technology. Yeah. 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 Um, So,
0: fast forward to September of this year. Headline from Coindesk Urban is Web3 weird and wonderful, and I don't care who made it. Which is like, whoa, (laughs) all right, let's go. So, the author writes, Yarvin left Tlon. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. So Flan, so, yes, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> the company he founded that spearheads urban development in 2019, yet any time journalists pay any attention to developments in urban, we feel obligated to spend at least a paragraph all but apologizing for Moldbug's Monarchist musics. I'm sick of it. Guilty by association is bad enough when it's leveled at people and maybe stupider when applied to inventions. Urban holds promise as a platform that could disintermediate the Silicon Valley behemoths that have made the internet living hell. I had to look up that word disintermediate and it basically means removing a third party that mediates an interaction. So if uh, you gave me a $5 bill every month for this podcast, instead of using Patreon or something, which would take a percentage of that transaction from your $5 bill to my hand or whatever. Um, But that's funny because that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, uh, at least a paragraph all but apologizing for i mean i'm not apologizing for i just don't that's just not the topic here it's just context
1: no don't think about it too too hard i mean that's um a, cu- a couple things first off there's a great post um by uh noah i think his last name is kuman uh, oh, the okay. Review guy on the urban blog the urban.org blog about literally what you just read essentially about um where he discusses you know uh, and Justin Murphy's written about this or talked about this as well, where Urbit could be a boon for creators because it gives a direct, um, it removes the middleman between fans and creators and whatnot. Um, for lack like of a better term. Um, but does it
0: have payment processing right now? Probably not, right?
1: Not yet, but that's a big thing they're working on. Um, yeah. There are multiple companies, organizations working on that, both crypto payments, and then I think also credit card payments. Um, that is a thing that is is in the works big time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, um All right. Uh, well, but with all of that out of the way, let's really get into it. Um Okay, Michael, what do you personally like about urban? Or what drew you to it?
1: Um That's a great question. So, I it see it was kind of a natural thing. Um in that like a lot of the things I've been interested in online, subcultures I've been interested in online for the last couple of years have kind of you know circled around uh or the, the people in these subcultures circle around stuff like this so like whether it's technology or cryptocurrency type stuff or even um you know more the cultural stuff right of like um angelicism milady, um you know contain podcast um people talking about yarvin constantly i mean all this stuff kind of uh is you know in direct dialogue with each other and that's kind of what got me into it I'm a, yeah. I'm a fan of technology i'm interested in technology and computers and um
0: would you say there's like a fomo element there where it's like once you started hearing about this thing you were like i gotta get out on this
1: oh completely and i think i was pretty i i don't want to say i was early on it but like i got on urbit in i booted a comet which is a disposable urbit identity um so we talked about there's persistent identities we, we didn't do a good job of explaining this there's persistent identities and the, the lowest level of that is called a planet that's like mm-hmm. what an av- average person would run uh their urban that's what i have as. you have a planet i have a planet yes exactly that's that's the lowest um, uh lowest tier full-on orbit thing computer mm-hmm. basically um but a comet is is that but disposable so comments don't have full permissions on the network but you can still do all the other urbit stuff with them for lack of a better term or for you know for brevity's sake um so i booted a comment last summer played around with it there was less going on so it was kind of what is this i don't know but then more and more people were talking about it you know Wait, summer um,
0: 2021 not summer
1: summer 21 yes okay. because because the thing that threw me over the edge was when wet brain got an orbit star and i was like okay what the fuck can i swear on this podcast of course yeah yeah <laughs> not that i i don't i don't want to be vulgar but it, it was a of real course. like like i was listening to wet brain and i'm like what the actual f and it was like okay if 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 they're doing this i need to know what this is and so that's when i got a planet and i actually got on the network proper so that was a year ago i think October. wet
0: brain was also my uh, my radicalizing uh moment i think yeah. like <clears throat> I, I remember, like, cleaning my apartment one day and listening to an episode about, I feel like it was, like, winter, I don't know, yeah, I remember it being, like, winter, so I don't whatever, but, um, yeah, I just kind of, like, I didn't really get it or whatever, but it definitely made me curious, and, like, that's also, like, literally why we're here talking about this today is because of those basically, like, unofficial cultural brand partnerships um, that do make this, like, so interesting.
1: Yeah, um, for sure. Um, so so that's what got me into it. Um, you know, I, I had I'd also it's worth mentioning Justin Murphy. Um, I'd been following him for a long time. Um, probably since like twenty eighteen or nineteen at the, mm-hmm. at the at least. You know, whenever he I'm trying to remember who he had on his other life podcast really early that got me to listen to it. So I knew who he was. It might have been Dasha or someone, I don't remember. Um, but um, I was aware of it because he had been really preaching it all of probably starting in late twenty twenty. He got really into it, and I am guessing that was directly because of you know him looking at Yarvin stuff or because Nick Land has basically said things about has said things about Urbit winning and whatnot. Um, so it was just a um, a bunch of these cultural factors really that pushed me over the edge to get into it, right? Yeah. Um, but um, I mean. No, I was
0: going to ask you, like, what what do you like about it as a product? As someone who like does kind of know about this stuff, like,
1: right? That's that's what I was about to talk about. So, okay. um, <clears throat> yeah, because, uh, I mean, I like a lot of things. So, I like that it it kind of
0: it's minimalist.
1: Yes, but not even the aesthetics of it, which is a whole we we can spend a lot of time talking about. Yeah, that. not not just the aesthetics of it, but like the ideology of it. Is really trying to res- to bring back the personal computer as an idea, um, and is uh, a thing that people use and have sovereignty over. They they own their computers, they own their devices, and they control their data, um, you know, fully. Um, it's just <laughs> urban in a lot of ways.
0: It has like
1: values that you yeah it it, it align has with. values that I align with. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Yarvin, but there's a really great episode of um, uh, Default Friends podcast. Mm-hmm. Have I told you about this before? I've I feel like the I have.
0: computer room.
1: Yeah, the computer room, but the computer I've room with episodes. the computer room episode with Yarvin. Okay. She doesn't actually say it's him, but it's it's obviously him. Oh, it, okay. it, you, when you search it, you need to search Usenet, I think. But mm-hmm. um, Urban, at its core, is basically. Uh, how would I say this? Yarvin was really into Usenet. You know what Usenet was, right? Like the internet before the internet? Okay. Okay. It was was basically the internet before the internet, and it was architected kind of a different way, all right? Yarvin was really into this when he was like in his, you know, a teenager or early mid-20s, whatever. And basically a lot of the core elements that make Urbit what it is are basically him trying to re-architect Usenet from the ground up. It's like, what if... Interesting. It, and, and where it really goes is, um, there's Usenet, the network, but what if Usenet was the whole computer? Okay? It's almost like that.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's and, interesting, because it's like these like Gen X memories being like rehashed and being yeah. picked up, I think, by like... Um, like we're kind of in the middle of remembering the before times and being in the now times. But I think that like really young people are maybe drawn to this because it's their first time, like even concepting of like a different way.
1: So, so directly related to what I just said, there's a big web 1.0 energy about Urbit yeah. right now and a lot of self-selection that points in that direction. That is a big thing that draws me in. And then I think also to what your point, I like a lot of this marketing being pointed towards younger people towards zoomers um taps into um definitely it's it's trivial sure but it's also for a younger person they never had any experience of that right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um you know um no experience of what web 1.0 was like or early web 2.0 like yeah i don't i don't think anyone under probably 25 has ever used myspace right i mean
0: yeah thereabouts, a bit older yeah i don't
1: know yeah um which had a completely different uh, feeling to it and and user experience than say Facebook. So you know
0: what's crazy is how live journal and MySpace. Basically, you learned like HTML and CSS, just sort of like customizing, like without even being like I'm trying to learn this like language or whatever. It's just was like, wait, how do I get the links to be like red and underlined? Yeah, or whatever? this is a thing. This is and a that thing. is gone.
1: No, it's, and, it's, and it's a real thing that people are talking about how like kids don't know how to use computers now because everything has been so streamlined that there's there's like zero degree of actual understanding of how the machine works mm-hmm. or like just it, not even knowing how the machine works, but like learning how to to do things. Like using a computer 20 years ago, you had to, to actually do anything. You kind of had to be some degree of power user where you yeah. understood the most basic level of how things worked and how to manipulate things. Whereas now it's all abstracted away, right? Mm-hmm. So,
0: so it's all um, intuitive, allegedly. Yes, right,
1: right, right. So um, yeah, I think I think there's a big degree with Urbit. With you you really, really need to have minimum knowledge of how a computer works and how to get things going um, yeah. to get it to work. Once you get it working, it's pretty, pretty easy and pretty straightforward. But the actual getting it going part is uh, daunting. And um, I think that hear.
0: that's like... I mean, I think anything new is kind of appealing when it's a little bit hard to enter, you know? Yeah, sure. And then once you're in that in-group or whatever, you have that feeling like, oh, we all, you know, climbed the same mountain to be here. But mm. that actually leads me to my next question. What do you like about Urban as a community?
1: Well, I kind of already said it's it's really self-selecting. At this point, it's a lot of people that um, are very interested in computers, that are very into um, using computers uh, in interesting ways the thing that comes to mind uh well, and then just like the, the kind of people in general um there's a lot of bitcoin people there's a lot of people into cryptocurrency but there's also a lot of um very religious people um they like the um almost like i would say platonicness like like a lot of the things about the way Urbit is built and being built it's being built to be this ideal computer So there's a lot of people that are interested in, you know, philosophy and these larger ideas um, and building something that is intellectually rigorous and sound, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: um, that are drawn to something like this.
0: It it attracts people who are, who will consider things. And it's nice to be around Yeah, sure, Yeah, for
1: sure. For sure. And this is kind of ties back to the Web 1.0 thing. You know, everyone using the internet in the 1990s was in some, was probably to some degree, um... They had some reason to be there, right? So they probably were mm. highly educated, or in school, or in some some uh, thing where it was it was interesting to them to be on the internet, right? Urbit is still in that phase where everyone that is on Urbit is, you know, um, interested in it, right? And to be interested in it at this point when it's so small, you probably are, you know,
0: uh,
1: you're probably more similar than different in a lot of ways, you know.
0: It makes me think of like if you're in, like, a mid-sized city, like, not a major city, and there's, like, that one, like, alt neighborhood, which I don't think yeah, really totally. exists the way that it used to, but you could go and be, like, ah, yes, like, all my people are here. <laughs> like, no, whatever, like, we, yeah. there's some, something about us is connected uh, the by thing, this coffee shop.
1: The thing that always comes to my mind is when Squidward moves to the, <laughs> uh, do you know this episode, SpongeBob, where Squidward leaves Bikini Bottom and moves to this, like, perfect suburbia that it's all inhabited by other squidward like characters
0: oh my god no it's like a, that sounds fascinating it's
1: like a utopia it's like squidward's utopia but then he gets sick of it because he's like everyone hears the same anyway. yeah um yeah no it's completely like what you described um uh yeah so so that's that's what it's like now and that's why i think it's interesting because i think it's a lot of other interesting people that are interesting people interested in it it's very mm-hmm. redundant sounding but um yeah um it's it's a lot of people that are uh, ultimately interested in. Uh, I th- we don't need to discuss the article, but there's a Tim- an article by Timothy Leary called "Personal Computers, Personal Freedom." This was like a thing written in the 1980s talking oh. about like uh, you know how the the PC is going to like uh, free people to do all these crazy things and open up minds and all this stuff. This is you know Timothy Leary post LSD stuff, um, and it kind of just reminds me of that. It's like where they're trying to make the computer personal again, okay? We're trying to to give users more control over their computing experience, in, in, in like literally in the user experience, in the UX and UI. Um, also their data. Um, and then their communities too. You know, we've kind of we mentioned this, that it's peer-to-peer, but there's no like, um, there are ways to censor things on Erbit, but you would need basically overarching control of the network to be able to do that. Um, certain community communities can be self-censoring in some degree, but there's no, like, you know, Twitter's banning you for hate speech. That doesn't exist oh. on Herbit. That It just it literally can't. Um, what about
0: on, sorry, but on, like, Discord, like, can, if you opened up a, oh, I don't want to get so dark. I'm going to try to think of a less dark example. If you open up... If you have a little channel going and you're sharing explicit photos or something like, is that like, can the larger like discord company be like, we're shutting down your room?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. You're not there's... necessarily
0: the authority on this. I'm just, music, No, but I yeah, I think
1: they can't, I think, well, I don't know what's in discord's case that uh, for, you know, what, what breaks the terms of service, but I mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't see why they couldn't shut you down. For, for So is it
0: almost like there is no terms of service?
1: There, no there isn't there's no terms of service because it's Hi. it's software you run mm-hmm. you know you, you're not uploading so in this instance okay so media is not a great example because getting pictures and video on Herb, it's kind of <laughs> currently a massive pain in the ass but eventually but,
0: obviously that would have to be in a sense like
1: yeah for sake of argument
0: yeah
1: for what we're talking about there, there's there's a lot of asterisks here but for yeah. sake of argument if if you upload, something sexy let's say whatever something you know risque you know nude whatever uh, explicit thats sort of wanted so if you expi- <laughs> upload something explicit um yeah there's no there's nothing no one no one's gonna come for you right yeah maybe if you if you upload it to a community group and that's not wanted in that group you might get kicked from the group yeah but there's no like urbit overlord that's going to 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 uh, censor you yeah. that doesn't exist again um, there would have to be massive basically what would happen is in a group setting. So say we say we have a group and someone uploads something that we don't want in the group. We can kick them from the group. Um, They there, there's other ways they could maybe route traffic through something to get somewhere, but it it would, it, it would be more effort than what it's worth or or it's beyond my understanding of how it works. It's not something that would happen. Censorship, censorship like that does not, it doesn't exist on the network currently because everyone Kind of is, you know, self-selecting and cool and chill and whatever. But mm-hmm. also, like it, it, once once urban blows up, it's 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 not really how it works, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, remains to be seen. Obviously, right? There's, right. <laughs> we all but, know, but it's uh, just what it's, human nature is like. Um, yes,
1: but it's just not architected that way. To there's no central yeah. authority. Yeah, that's part of it being decentralized.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you see as like an this doesn't have to be a long thing, but like beyond just being sort of interested in what this is right now, like what do you see as the, the full potential that like excites you or makes you want to like invest your time and energy in this?
1: Um, I mean, everything we've talked about, it's, it's literally a, you know, the, the t-shirt new world energy. It is literally a new computer and a new network It's a completely reimagining, re, rebuilding reimagination of the computer from the ground up
0: mm-hmm. um
1: which i think is really exciting cool um
0: yeah all right so now a little bit more fun but uh <laughs> so you've been to two of the big urbit okay so as far uh, the urbit like live events that i'm aware of is that there was like an austin one a new york one and a miami one i don't know if there's been others before that
1: there have been other smaller gatherings of people um and there are i know uh like in new york for example there is a pretty pretty active urban community in new york um that like used to meet at clandestino like every wednesday
0: okay hi we're having technical problems i'm actually kind of like you know this is probably only my ninth or tenth episode but i do know that one day i'll record a fabulous episode and it won't like work and then i'll be like oh we have to re-record um i know that that's just gonna happen one day
1: like we were talking about before we started recording i uh from my experience doing podcasts previously, I was a little paranoid of like, should I like record this locally? But like,
0: yeah,
1: this (sighs) web app seemed to be working. Okay. So I was like, yeah, it's fine. Let's roll with it. But uh, that was a mistake. Um,
0: Yeah. Oh, well, well, I think it's going to be fine anyway. So yeah,
1: totally fine. (laughs) What were we talking about? We were talking about, um, the Clando meetups.
0: We were on, oh, I wanted to talk about the, uh, uh, live events. So these ones, more interested in are these like multi day, like highly produced weekends where people are flying in, where um there's these like there's programming, there's sessions, there's and honestly like from afar, it looks like New York fashion we see at South by Southwest, but that there's only one party running or like one group running these events instead of those being like multi. which is to say one part running around to different events and one part high budget parties with the best ones being the hardest to get into.
1: Yeah. So, um, I know you mentioned before the event in Austin last year, that was the first urban assembly. So assembly, which was also the event that just happened in September assembly is like the urban WWDC. It's like the developer conference. That's the main thing going on. Um, now they don't really have, at least at this, what I went to, I don't think there was like, um, you know, like WWDC would have like, um, you know, technical stuff. I don't think anyone was like doing classes with engineers on how to build stuff there. But it was still a bunch of presentations that were focused for developers. And there was the the group is so small. I think there was three or four hundred people there total that if you want help from somebody, you just walk up to them and ask them kind of deal. You know, it's not yeah. like WWDC where there's like 5,000 people going or whatever. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty small. Um, so assembly is the developer conference. Um, urbit New York, urban NYC was, I think more of what you're leaning into. That was the, oh. the what, what you and I have described as a brand activation. Yeah. We have not used those terms, but that's entirely what it was.
0: Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so in your opinion, I guess, like, aside from the developer side, because obviously even at those developer events, there are other things going on. Um, yeah, yeah. There, whatever. In your opinion, why is Urbit holding these events beyond developers to meet and talk? Well, <laughs> so, seems kind of secondary.
1: <laughs> so I think the big pull with the the Urbit New York thing in particular was that it ties in a lot with... Um, the whole sort of resurgent edginess of the new york downtown scene yeah and i think that they I can't,
0: I can't even but yes
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you know we, I, it's very it's just funny been to, talk beaten about it, but, to
0: death it's like i can't but yes
1: yeah yeah again I, I i'm gonna just try and talk through this with a straight face because I, I think yeah. it's a little ridiculous too but um I, I genuinely think that's part of it. I think that, you know, uh, it's pretty obvious if you use social media and do anything remotely risque, remotely risque, um, that you know, the overlords are going to come for you, right? MegaCorp is going to come for you is kind mm-hmm. of the you know the, the parlance. So I think it makes sense that they're like, hey, you know, we are building this software that lets you, do what you want on the computer that gives you sovereign you know gives you um control of your computer you can do what you want with it there's no censorship you can say whatever r slurred stuff you want Mm -hmm. you know and uh you know and it's cool and it has these very strong aesthetics um that are very you know um let's let's take a detour really fast Mm
0: -hmm.
1: okay so um Talon Corporation, which we've mentioned already, um, that's the company that uh, uh, Yarvin founded to develop Urbit. Okay, right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the CEO uh, has a degree in architecture from uh, Cooper, from Cooper Union.
0: Um, Virgil Abloh had a background in architecture.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but I guess where I'm going with this, and he seems like a really cool guy. I, I haven't I haven't personally met him. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where like, um, there is a big art school kid rave energy behind a lot of this that I, that, that is certainly, uh, informs all of the aesthetics.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's what makes this interesting to me is like the convergence of these two worlds that often do not speak to each other. Um, yeah. Especially not in a developmental phase.
1: Yeah, um, this is one of the things that really stands out to me um, is the not only ideological but aesthetic direction of the whole thing. Um, you know, it stands apart completely from crypto stuff or just Silicon Valley stuff generally, mm-hmm. um, in that it really has a distinct identity. That's holistic, from yeah. again from the ideology to to the visual media and whatnot, um, and to the, cool. the product the, itself.
0: The brand is strong, as they say. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a cohesive brand for sure, um, and that is something that really draws me in. Now, um, uh, where were we talking about in urban New York? Um, but what were you asking me?
0: Before? Oh, I originally I asked you what, in your opinion, why are they holding? Oh, these yeah, brands? right.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, and that's why I was. That's why I brought all this up. Um, I think it's to bring people in, um, to bring in, you know, a, a more diverse set of people and younger people, um, <clears throat> just generally speaking, um, that are not, you know, in love with social media as as it exists. Um, mm-hmm. I think also the the people that are building Urban are aware that, um, you know, something being fashionable can get users,
0: you mm-hmm.
1: know. Um, yeah that's uh, things i've heard said i mean pretty much directly um, but but yeah I, I think i think they see the potential for the product um, in that space what um, is also the, who doesn't like oh, no go no go ahead.
0: no 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 finish your thought
1: i was going to say also just who doesn't like throwing ridiculous parties on the lori side i don't know that, that's amazing i know it's i used to use like feel like
0: <laughs> Uh, The first time that I went to South by Southwest was for work and I was going for like interactive. And I remember getting down there. It's like March. The Mm. whole plane was New Yorkers like going down to, I mean, obviously. Was was this like for Racked
1: or for like Verge or what?
0: I think this was, my first year was just Racked. Might've been 20, I think it was 2014. So like March, 2014. And Mm. Yeah, it, it, it felt like being on a school bus getting to the airport because I was like, oh, we're all everyone Go on this St. airplane
1: <laughs> is yeah. going
0: down for the, We're all here on our company's dime or whatever. Right. Um, and then when I got down there, I was like, oh, this is just a great way to escape. Like, because it's still a little cold in New York and March, still a little like yeah, sure, right. Oh, it's still, like, yeah, it's like spring in the, the north. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like the slog of February is barely rubbed off. Um, you get down there, and it's like you get a week in Texas. In the sun, I was like, "Oh, that's what this is." Like, it's really nothing more than yeah. that. Like, yeah, we're anyway. pre gaming summer here, yeah, no, I yeah. And um, you you do meet people organically, which is very fun and exciting.
1: Yeah, um but yeah, I think I think that ultimately, what I'm trying to say is that I think the draw or the reason for the New York stuff was pretty pretty blatantly that um the people in charge at Tuan, um very much are cut from the same cloth as a lot of these art school kids Mm -hmm. they very i mean literally if you if you hang out with these people how they dress how they talk everything they are pretty much ravers and art school kids like straight up building this product um and they want to market to their people i think it's as as simple as that um i think that's a that's a strong part of why urban new york happened and that's why maybe why the wet brain thing happens um -hmm. and then during assembly you know there was that thing with um uh, Petra Cortright and, um, uh, the guy, Asher Penn from Sex Mag and, um, uh, Lucian Smith. And, um, I can't say his name even though I had coffee with him. Uh, Hamsa, the, the sculptor. I, I didn't know who he was until I literally met him. Um, he's great and he's great too. Um, no, all hilarious. these artists. Um, uh, he's a marble sculptor. He's, he's, I'll send you a link to his IG. He's, he's very talented, very cool guy. Um, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that they are, um, people that are very, very thoughtful and artistically inclined and um, builders and they're building tools and they see, you know, their tools are this urban operating system and whatnot that they're building.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Cause the older I get, the more I realize this is such an obvious statement, but like the, the types of people I do and do not like being around. And I, it's interesting. Cause I, I guess I've realized like artists are a, generally like a group of people. I really like being around because partially like they're not, they're like down to dive into the deep stuff. They'll be like,
1: Mm
0: want to talk about like the meaning of, or (laughs) you know what I mean? And like, and I like that because I don't dislike small talk. I actually kind of like small talk, but you know, for like a whole dinner, like a work dinner or something like it sucks. Like it's just very like, I can't do that. Deadening. Um, and I think that there's definitely just something about the sort of like open-mindedness, the willingness to like, try things that does unite a certain kind of tech person and most like artists. Mm-hmm. Um but I actually wanted to pull up <laughs> riffing off something you said about uh how these people dress. There's um an article in The Point magazine that had a really good paragraph I just want to read. Um so the journalist okay. is
1: Yeah okay. says
0: at Clandestino I went up to the bar scouting for nerds. The problem was that male style has been evolving too and while women Had to dress like models or artists to fit in. Now it was sort of hip. Now, wait, now it was comma, sort of, comma, hip for men to look like computer programmers. The guy ordering a drink next to me looked like a possible match, so I said hello and asked if he worked for Urbit. No, he replied he was a journalist at Time magazine. I like cackled (laughs) (laughs) I love everything about that. Um, but it's true, it's really hard to tell like. What is a cool person versus like a dork because that i guess that's not really like the binary anymore like cool versus lame like that's not it's not like lame it's like i don't know yeah Yeah,
1: style has totally collapsed um (laughs) that's that's a whole (laughs) that's a whole other conversation um
0: that's the project of this podcast i guess um
1: yeah um this is a total aside but uh I, i almost wanted to talk to you about this um i was listening to an episode of how long gone bring up how long gone in your pockets i'm so sorry but <laughs> anyway, anyway where i think it was the episode where they're talk where they interviewed the 1975 and yeah. i don't know who said it but um they were talking about like like the strokes being the last band that got people to dress a certain way
0: mm-hmm. and
1: like probably the arctic monkeys being the last band that like really mattered making like guitar rock music yeah um and it just really got me thinking about, like, yeah, how how subcultures in general have have collapsed. And I think where they took the conversation, and this is kind of what I wanted to bring up with you. We can talk about this offline, but um, or off the pod, but like uh, subcultures um, dissolving and it becoming more about individuals, which mm. I don't know how much I agree with. Um, I had a tie-in with the urban thing, but I now have forgotten because I'm trying Lost to the thread. No, that's good. Um, I
0: mean, I could go on about, and I am very interested. I guess in uh, having witnessed like the inversion of like subculture and mass culture, where now mass culture yeah. is subculture, and there really is no main thing to know about. Like, you can even just be totally oblivious of what Kanye's doing but know like everything about like k-pop idols or you know what i mean like
1: yeah i mean so actually where i would tie in with this is that i think the Talon people in particular have a very strong aesthetic and i don't mean this just what you know i've been talking about like urban operating system and their corporate identity and whatever they themselves have a ridiculously strong aesthetic sense uh to the point where you know i so a couple things the the point magazine has been or the, the point article has been universally derided i think by pretty much everyone in the urban community is total nonsense mm-hmm. um we can get into more of that if you want but this uh whole thing of like you know going to clandestino and then looking for the, the nerdy computer programmer is ridiculous everyone from talon that i've pr- pretty much everyone 80 90 of everyone i've talked to met in person from talon they dress in all black they look like they are, uh, uh, what's the word I want? They all dress like, I guess, what you'd think a caricature of an artist would be. Okay, like they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, like a black all, turtleneck. like <laughs> Yeah, none of them would wear a turtleneck, but they all wear like yeah. flowy black clothes, and they're always in all black. It, it, oh my
0: God, wait, I know exactly the guy that you're talking about. I, yes, I, I mean, not, you know. And so so this is kind
1: of this is kind of where I was saying like collapse of subculture. I feel like there's a distinct subculture bubbling around this that has a visual identity that I find very interesting. And that, you know, we see it online as this certain aesthetic, but it exists in person too, in in fashion.
0: It's being There was um I think you sent me this, but Justin Murphy's blog and he had like a lot of like basically street style photos he'd taken yeah and, from the other day or whatever yeah was, right, like, right 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 like the new cyberpunk or whatever and i was like oh my god all i want to do now is get someone to like let me go do like a style profile of these people because it is really interesting um yeah
1: you should do it. it the next event you should do it
0: um, and it feels like it's okay this is going to be an aside but like at the beginning of street style photography, people like in fashion, people are wearing their own clothes and those images look so quaint compared to what it has become now, which is these influencers who are, you know, visually optimized from like the lashes to the lips to Mm -hmm. like whatever, um, wearing fully sponsored all one brand outfits. uh, And it's like a totally different thing. And looking back at these just like sort of like natural pictures of these people. I mean, I don't think it'll be like the same level of, um, refinement, like in, in style and clothing, but it it felt like, it just felt like one of those things where you're like, Oh, I'm looking at something really early, you know, like this, I'm like looking at like a, a first draft or like an early draft of something. That's like, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can tell that like, this isn't the final form anyway. Yeah. The style is interesting to me. Obviously that's always interesting. But, um, I wanted to ask you like <clears throat> what's been surprising about the New York or Miami events? Like, did anything just kind of you're like, Oh, I didn't expect that. Or like, that was really weird.
1: Um, I will give you more of a personal anecdote. So, or you'll see what I mean in a second. In terms of the events themselves, I'm not sure it was that surprising. Um, I would say that in my experience, what has been, Um, curious is the word i'll use for me is that you know the aforementioned things that got me into this like um the more esoteric things so like a lot of people will say like oh yeah i know just who justin murphy is whatever i would say that you know not so much justin murphy got me into it but then this more swirling alchemical thing that he's maybe even more interested in too this like nebulous like angelicism and malady and all these these very distinct um really weird subcultural things happening mm-hmm. are were things that got me into this when i bring that up to people at these events they're like what you know people everyone knows malady now but i would say oh probably you know 20% of the people there not even know what angelicism is you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I'm not even gonna begin to try to explain angelicism to your listeners. Hopefully they, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but, but that's, but that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, I, it makes me feel a little weird. Like, am I in the cult? Like, what you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, um,
0: uh, I mean, what that it sounds like surprising what you're saying to me and what I feel like I've gotten from like, when we text, like, and you're at these events is that that, that broader appeal is being achieved and that it actually winds up being that like the true, like the urban users wind up being sort of the minority um, among the sort of like scene that's being built or I'm kind of tired of that word scene. I want a different, I don't like community. I don't like scene, but I want to find a different yeah, word. Um, but yeah, that there is like, yeah, that, 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 the efforts of bringing outside people in are clearly demonstrated to be working yes you're at these events and you're like completely i wanted to talk about the hat party which i think is a good illustration of this right
1: okay so for, so before we get into that yeah. i would say this this thing about the wet brain party there was people you know you could just walk into that off the street so it was at 214 lafayette which is a event space there's a website for it you can google it that is it advertises it for brand activations which is how we came up with the oh my god did i just go to a brand activation thing in the, hall, yeah. in the first place <laughs> um uh which never mind the whole there was a whole strange strange experience where i talked to some guy where he said it was his place and i'm like okay weird but whatever like i just kind of took it at face value and moved on and then when i saw him like this is some event it was very confusing whatever new york whatever um uh yeah so so there were people like just walking in off the street like what is this you know Mm -hmm. at at the wet brain thing and um you know there was very much the what the fuck is this you know people like i literally heard multiple women like roll their eyes heavily at like what is this you know um women in particular men i don't i think maybe were less explicit with their body language or tone um (laughs) you mean women
0: who knew what it was being like why are you asking
1: no like just random ass new york women off the street like walking in and like, like what the hell you know yeah exactly yes um, and, uh, that really struck me, but, but it was that, that was the power of like, you know, maybe tying back to what we said before, why would you do all this stuff in New York? Because you can just pull people off the street and expose them to your brand. Sure.
0: Yes. I mean, you know, about a year um, ago, I worked on a pop-up that was basically this, it was in Soho. And the whole idea was increasing brand awareness, um, by doing like a free event, hiring people to stand outside with freebies um, and having various like QR codes and surveys and stuff to measure the effect of it. And it was really effective, like in-person event marketing, like does work, especially if it's something where you're letting the public come in. If your, if your goal is brand awareness, which
1: yeah, totally. This Um, sounds like it is. I wonder if they had any metrics based on that. I don't, I definitely don't think they did. It didn't appear like there was a door person or someone counting heads yeah. or anything, but I mean, still like, um, it was bringing people in, you
0: mm-hmm. know, but
1: you want to talk about the point mag thing. We should talk about that. Please go ask away.
0: Oh no. I want to talk about the hat party.
1: Oh, the hat party. Well, that's, that's discussed in the point mag. Oh, thing. okay. I, I don't
0: know it. if I read that whole article. Um, but, yeah, you don't, don't read it. Um, there's, there's so many articles yeah. and, uh, Yeah, so, okay, so my understanding of the hat party, let me try to recap as an outsider. You tell me if I got this right. Um, Ooh, how much context to give. So, basically, there was an invite-only party during the urban New York weekend, wherein to enter the party, you had to have this uh, invitation that was in the form of a hat from a modeling slash talent agency. And the drama that happened was that the part, that people who were actual urban users who didn't happen to also be on the like uh, email list for this um, agency were turned away from the party, even though ostensibly it's an urban party and these are the actual like minority of urban users. Is that about more or
1: less yes that's correct more or less yes um so i would add little things to what you said so um yes uh what i think made this more dramatic for people was that in the urban group where all of the things for the urban new york um week were being organized there was an event you know posted for this party right and it it said something like you know hat needed for entry whatever no one understood what that meant right Yeah. because again there's and this is this is why i'm always weirded out because i feel like i'm standing somewhere between the cultural side of this that it's being pandered to and the technical mm-hmm. side of you know i'm not really the tech side of this but i'm enough i have enough technical understanding and existing on the cultural side that i get it right mm-hmm. so so the the tech people didn't understand the cultural side of like what what was going on no agency the agency modeling agency out of new york they make these baseball hats you've seen this Yes. Have you seen? Okay. So it's a blue baseball hat and it has saw, the agency um, logo on it.
0: I, last time I was at dimes, a guy walked by and one and I was like, I love New York's perfect. Oh.
1: <laughs> That's so yeah. So y- you, you either, I think you could buy them online at one point and then there was like a boutique on Ludlow or orchard somewhere around there that you could buy the hat, you know, oh. that week, but they ran out of hats. So no okay. one knew this. No one, no one. But me even explaining this to you of where you can buy the hat. No one knew this. No one I knew thought, this at all.
0: Wait, I thought that the hats. Okay, because this is a pretty common thing with like fashion show invitations is that it'll send yeah. like some kind of like little gift or like physical object. Yes. And I thought this was something where it was like the hats had been delivered or mailed or whatever to the. So
1: to my understanding is that the Urbit Foundation got a number of hats to give away okay. and they might have gotten like 20 hats. It like wasn't a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, so what happens is is that a bunch of people show up at the bar, the river, okay, and um, they're hanging out and then if and then you know, they called nine or ten o'clock, they're like, okay, well, the party's starting, the no hat or no agency party starting. So if you don't have a hat, you have to get out. And apparently the no agency guy, Oh, they was were being kicking a real,
0: people out. They were
1: kicking people out. Yeah, oh, they I really, thought they really just
0: couldn't get out. in. Oh my god! No, so that's there was awful. people.
1: In, yeah, there was people in the bar before it started, and then they were kicking people out. Like they were even making a scene of like, like the like the bar back or someone had to leave because he didn't have a hat. Like shit, like that.
0: Oh like they were being god.
1: dicks about it. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: some like old school like evil fashion week behavior. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it, honestly in some ways kind of cool. On the other hand, it's like what the hell? Like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah so 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 what happened was um i showed up at like i don't know quarter after 10 i think it started at 10 i should have been like quarter after 10 and um there was a whole group of people outside that were like yeah they kicked us out <laughs> like what do you want to do so we went off and did our own thing yeah um, the reason i brought that point article is because it goes into uh detail about you know an argument that someone had with the no agency guy and this drama that unfolded. I don't know how true that is or not. I wasn't in there. I heard that something similar that happened, but I think that that article, the author, I think his name is James Dusterberg or something like that. I don't think he really understands urbit, And I, that makes me not really want to trust other things he said. Also, I heard from other people at assembly about that article, that there was things that apparently he just got blatantly wrong. Um,
0: So, is this? Wait, I thought someone contacted you to fact check this. Was that this? Yes, that was. It was.
1: Yes, that's also why I'm kind of like, I don't have a problem talking about it, but I can only say so much because I was only. I'm telling you what I told the editor of that magazine, Mm -hmm. basically of what I know what happened. Yeah. Um. So. Um.
0: I mean, really, ultimately, it's such a it's such a blip on the bigger picture here, but it's just it's like a funny aside. I like, yeah, it's it's like, I, I, I can see both sides. Uh, uh, I can argue either point that I like, or I hate this, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I I think it's just like, a. the reason I want to talk about it is I think it's a great illustration of the tech and cultural mingling and priorities and yeah, who matters with the the cool, cool, cult cat. Who's going to post the better Instagrams or whatever yeah totally um,
1: and honestly i had a crazier night that night anyway than going i mean maybe if dasha showed up i think dasha did show up to that party i'm not sure maybe that would have been fucking cool to be at be like oh my god but like ultimately, <laughs> to see it was, to
0: witness the queen
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that would have been better but like
0: her royal highness
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i had enough of a crazy night that night regardless that it was like you know what I, I don't i don't care i don't i yeah. really don't care um like that was the night I explained to an Urbic Galaxy a holder what a m'lady was which was like a whole like that was a special experience. Like what a yeah. m'lady? And I'm like I bought a m'lady. I'm like sitting in this basement bar in Chinatown I'm like buying an NFT on my phone. It was a whole thing. It was ridiculous. Um. Anyway. <laughs>
0: um, um. So yeah like a lot has been written about these events uh, mostly in more like niche publications. I'm sure that like the New York Times piece is well, Street Journal piece dropping any day. But uh, yeah. I think the best one so far was My Weekend with the Martians and Astra Mag. Um, yeah, by
1: Ruby. Ruby yes.
0: 7. It's written like polished diary style, like a day-by-day accounting of The Weekend in Miami. And I really appreciate that she, ha- she does have a healthy skepticism, but is open-minded. She's flexible with the people. Yeah. And I don't think she's like overly generous or overly critical. I think she just, I just, this was my favorite piece that I've read so far. And I've read probably like a dozen of these things. Um,
1: I liked it a lot. I admittedly didn't really finish it because it was the point where like, so I'm in it. Like, and i was kind of like oh god i can't like you know like i'm also, like a little too embarrassed to be too self-indulgent of like reading this thing you're in
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but i've read i i went over i glanced at it i thought it was great um and the other piece ruby wrote that's on that same uh website uh astra or whatever is great really great actually i read that sitting on the beach after i had met her mm-hmm. um and i realized i'm like oh she's like she's like really talented so I, i'm yeah it's great it's a great article
0: let me read <clears throat> this quote um so she's talking to this guy.
1: I was here for this, by the way. <laughs> I was literally sitting across from them when this happened. What and you're about to read.
0: She writes, Dashus looks me in the eyes and says, there's one article about Urbit that has yet to be written. He says, he doesn't think it will ever be written. And even if it were written, it would be suppressed by the forces at large before it could be published. He asked if I know what happened to the last magazine that seriously screwed over, screwed over Teal and Yarvin. We haven't talked about Peter Teal at all, but like, Whatever. He's involved. Blanket statement. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I found this really confusing because I was like, wait, so there, there's an article that has yet to be written, but it also could never be published because of the cathedral. But Teal and Yarvin also will squash it if it is reported. So to me, it just reads like they're the same elite powers which they are as the cathedral and the cathedral is like uh again like just want to do a blanket statement there's a shorthand to mean um sort of like the ruling powers of like media politics and just like yeah i guess like the culture and political mainstream new york times is part of the cathedral for instance
1: yeah yeah totally um i would say this my my (laughs) again i was literally right there as this conversation happened um this guy dashes uh i met him in new york um and uh i i don't know if he he definitely doesn't remember me although i've met him twice he is a character to say the least
0: in my head he looks like um malfoy is that Sorry to do, like, a Harry Potter <laughs> reference, but the guy got- the who's, like, uh, blonde and, like, pale and evil. Like, that name dashes. Just, I mean, I know that that's a scandal um, or whatever, but, like, like I, that's what he looks like in my head. In all black.
1: He, I don't want to, on the record, explain this, but I no, will... No, no yeah I, you're not I don't think spiritually you're that far off <laughs> imagine like a middle aged Draco Malfoy oh. that's a conspiracy theorist
0: okay it's so interesting because I, I forget about actually that. Even that's just...
1: like saying too much sorry if you no, to this. no no
0: let's <laughs> quick, just like quick sidebar because I want to get back to this but like um, what was the what have you seen when you've gone to the IRL events what is the age breakdown because I'm always thinking about like really young people Oh yeah, we've never I talked guess. about
1: this. So, yeah, so it's a good it's a good it's um okay. So, at Urban New York and well, at, at, okay, so I I have now hung out with the same people in New York as I did in Miami. More just of happenstance of like we met in New York and then we we're like, "Oh, hey, you know, you're whoever, like how you been, whatever," and you just you you kind of have a click, right? Mm-hmm. Um the age range is probably college age up into early mid 30s. Oh. For most of it. Right. Then there's older people. There are older people, um, but they are the oldest person I saw probably was mid 50s. Okay, yeah. The pro, it's probably the breakdown I would say is um, people under 30 is probably 60%, then probably 20% 30 to 45 and then diminishing the rest. Mm-hmm.
0: White people. The, Right. For
1: the most part, although not exclusively.
0: I mean, I don't really. Again, just not not my topic. I don't really care, but. Uh, yeah,
1: no, no, but, but it's important. It, uh, I would say that the racial breakdown, yeah, is, is probably probably like seventy percent white. Yeah. Um, it's um, not enti- It's not a hundred percent, but it's it's a, a large majority. Yeah. I mean, um, in the other- same
0: way that it's like mostly male at this point
1: yes and that's why i was actually that's where i was going with i know i think you highlight i don't know if this in this version of your draft we've been kind of reading off of or on something else um or notes rather um someone made some quip about the bathroom
0: yeah that that's not in ruby's true. piece she yeah, says something like a long line
1: that might have been during the cocktail party that i didn't go to um uh-huh. regrettably um but throughout the day if you just went to the bathroom um yeah, there was probably more foot traffic in and out of the men's bathroom, but there was never like a line or anything.
0: Yeah. There was no half hour wait.
1: That was she was embellishing that, I think. Either that or it was again when I wasn't there.
0: Yeah. Um, um again, not not really here nor there, just sort of uh again. Yeah, just factually just like it doesn't dating, matter. It's more for time. vibe reporting. Yeah, right. It's more yeah. vibe
1: reporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally.
0: Um okay, but back to this idea of like this article that like couldn't be published and if it was then this so person I, wish I had be, a, like come yeah, for I,
1: I, again i wish i had an answer for you because i was there and i was kind of like what the fuck are you talking about dude like like like, I gawker? Kind of...
0: like how teal deleted <laughs> gawker like what are you talking about
1: i i think so um the okay so the corollary that i can make and maybe you can suss out from this mm-hmm. I, i'm not entirely clear um, but I think it's uh, mentally this helps me make sense of it. Um, Dashus brought this up. You know, uh, why do Dime Square people keep Crumps around? Yeah. You know, that's that's the corollary, right? That's that's the corollary that he made. Um, you know, uh, it's 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 you know, Crumps might be writing about them in a negative way, but it's convenient for them to keep him around you
0: know yeah i mean it's kind of the whole idea that like like uh antifa need like the i don't know what exactly is supposed to be there the fascists i guess and the fascists yeah, sure. like, need, right right
1: right there's this uh, duality and it the fascists needs the opposite need
0: yeah the anti otherwise the two cease to yeah. exist um right.
1: The, dichot- the dialectic stops if there's no opposite, or if there's no no um no discourse happening between yeah. two opposites or something. like
0: that. Which is like I don't know. I I think I I appreciate crumbs uh, in the the tapestry of what's going on because um yeah. Why shouldn't there be like a critical voice? Like that would be I mean, insane not to.
1: I can't say I'm a fan of crumbs, but my Dime Square humiliation ritual is probably one of the greatest articles <laughs> that will ever be written on Substack ever, without question. So I probably. mean like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't know. There's I don't know. I have a, a lot of thoughts on that guy, but um,
1: yeah, we, we don't I, need to sit here and talk about crumbs. But like no, the, that was the corollary. I,
0: quarreler- I mostly feel pretty generous to him because I think that he's. I don't think he's. He's not young, young. but he's still pretty young, and he's like new to New York, and I think has kind of like more of a political background, and I think he just doesn't totally know the way to like operate around like quote cool people. Um, oh, but totally, in a way, yeah. it's like nice. It like reminds me of like when I maybe would start going to shows when I was like in middle school or something. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so many characters. I, I want to hear you stress that out, but not right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. There's something sweet to me about it. But anyway, uh, I wish,
1: again, I wish I had a good answer for you because I was sitting there and I'm like, what does he mean by this? Like it, it was strange. That said, um, yeah, Dash is is an interesting guy. Um, and you know, that's another type of meme of the kind of person we, we, we very briefly talked about the kind of people that go to these events before. And we didn't, you know, in the, you know, not the demographics of who goes there, but, um, the kind of people that are drawn to this Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, this kind of, uh, conspiracy theory, mystical leaning, you know, um, Literary-minded, but kind of also like maybe lost a little bit in their own world kind of person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Too kind of smart for their own good. <laughs> yeah. Own tale.
1: Interesting guy. Again, I'm not here to, to belittle him. I think he's a really interesting guy. I enjoy listening to him and hanging out with him. But it's just one of those like.
0: Uh, yeah. There was another like odd quote in this piece where this guy I forget what his name was, but or his full name, but it says. Uh, Pax warns me that the last time a journalist tried to interview him for a story, she ended up lost in a state park without service. I was like, what kind of weird threat is that? Like, <laughs> um,
1: I think that was a joke. I oh, think I know okay. who Pax is. I'm pretty sure that was a joke. I, I'm, I think I'm not a hundred percent on this. And then I, I don't think people are, I don't think these urban people will listen to this. So I feel okay. No, no, no. Um, uh i think pax was one of the people that was there at the 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 party the bar we went to after the no agency thing happened mm-hmm. and so i think i've like hung out with them i'm pretty sure it was a joke
0: that's something um, i have to keep in mind is that like uh like i i'm not like a natural like troll you know what i mean like that's never yeah. been my um i'm too fucking literal and like earnest yeah. <laughs> and i have to remember sometimes like the the troll mentality and that things do need to be taken like with a grain of salt because i am yeah so literal. so, so I, wish I, again, was less. I wish i was less i'm phone.
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna um put myself out there and say that i think i know who pax is and i think pax is actually one of the older guys mm-hmm. amongst this cohort so imagine like a guy that i think if it's who i'm thinking appears to be like they could be like our dad's age kind of deal okay make you know making a joke yeah. imagine that kind of oh like, boomer, totally like the next guy being like yeah that's so that's why i'm saying like this isn't like a 20 year old saying this this is like a like a 55 year old saying okay this, okay I mean? yeah because i was yeah. like
0: I was like, oh, no, not the threatening of the female journalists in the technology yeah, article. No, 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 no,
1: no, I think it was literally a joke. Yeah, okay. Like, anyway, it's a, a really joke.
0: Yeah. here yeah. or there. Um, another quote I thought was interesting. This is quoting an, inte- an attendee. Yeah. I think a lot of the things I hate in culture actually come from this fake openness. People think the internet gives them a platform to say anything. but Really, they're just giving content to a company that distributes it to them for free. I have, okay, this is like I haven't really fleshed out all of these ideas, but I don't understand what people think they're entitled to, <laughs> especially like online. Like I, I, and maybe I'm being like a a cuck for like web two or whatever. Yeah. But I don't understand why people think they're entitled to their data. I don't understand why people think they can say whatever they want. (laughs) I don't, like, I don't know. Uh, I would agree
1: with you. So this quote is a really good example of some of the things I think a lot of the urban people would parrot. Um, I agree with you. In fact, I'll take what you say the next step. I don't necessarily believe in free speech. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: (laughs) sorry, but i know yeah
1: i mean i know that's a spicy take but my friend grant who i used to do my podcast with um actually i don't know if he sincerely holds this position but i know he definitely uses this as a talking point of like you know free speech should exist insofar as uh, he he's a one of these people that he's not into tech but he could be easily urban pilled he's Mm -hmm. like uh into catholic theology and whatever so he's very from his perspective it's more like there's no such thing as free speech. There's, a, there's such a thing as true speech. And you should, you know, say what you believe is true yeah. and, and being honest. But just like going out and saying crazy shit and thinking you can say whatever you want, that's not, that's not like, you know, I something know. people should have the right to. It's not a you don't like, have the right to do that.
0: There's definitely a part of me that enjoys like intellectual exercises, like extrapolating things for parts and not examining them within the culture or society but when it comes to speech i'm just like but you're not in a vacuum like you're like the things you say like do affect other people and are up for uh interpretation and i don't know it's not like my it's not like the most interesting issue to me but it's definitely it's not the hill i would die on i would not die in
1: yeah and so You you know this is it's interesting that you picked this quote just it it's exemplary of we've already discussed this i don't know an hour ago now or whatever but like um, you know it's hard to censor on urbit. so this is a big thing for people of like you know megacorp isn't going to be able to control your speech right you're going to you ha- you own your computer and you are you talk directly to other computers and you know you have your little personal networks and everything whatever um it doesn't mean that like you know you have the right to free speech in some yeah. sort of transcendental you know larger
0: idea it's I mean... just like you You can go around talking out loud however you want. (laughs) Like when it's like the, the, the platforms become part of it. It's like, but you know, like, no, what it is. Okay. This is like a whole other thing I do want to get into one day, Mm
1: -hmm. but I
0: don't feel like people understand what social media is and is not like, and I think that
1: indulge me, go for it. (laughs)
0: I think like, I want to write like a joke post, like how to use Instagram or like, you know what I mean? It's just like what, where you're basically about where expectations should and should not be for what, Mm. for what social media is and is not, because I get, I, I don't know. It's like, I get this like entitled sense where people just like expect, it's like, why would you ever expect a company to prioritize you? That's psycho. That's not how companies work. Why would you expect that? That's like being like, I'm going into a store and I hope I can just pay what I want. And it's like, no, there's like rules here. Like it's a store. Like Instagram is, you are a customer and it's just a different kinds of transaction. So like this, this nugget of the quote, uh, real like people think the internet is a platform to say anything really they're just giving content to a company that distributes it to that distributes it for them for free it's like that's what is that old quote where it's like if it doesn't if it's free then you're the product or what is that
1: if you're not paying you're the product
0: yeah 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 um i feel like we need to like re re reestablish that like people just need to remember like be reminded of what they can right. and can't expect We're, because you are you are on their terms like i'm i mean i'm not saying it's good or i'm defending them or anything right. like that but like when you're on instagram you're on instagram's playing field and they can kind of do whatever the fuck they want and then you can decide if you want to participate in that or not
1: right um again that would be a big selling point for urbit of like yeah. you own this thing But I think to what you're saying, I think you're talking past that, which I think is cool. And then it's like, well, this platform is for this and maybe you're not using it right. Like you Mm -hmm. need to understand what what they are giving you the agency for to do. You go on Instagram to post your sick fits, to post your chai latte in the morning and to, you know, like, I don't know, watch some reels so that TikTok doesn't get gets less engagement, whatever. Like, like, you know, like you're not there to like, you know, the funniest thing to me, I think we talked about this you remember when the the meme the meme accounts protested the instagram headquarters in new york like a couple months ago they were trying to stage this protest
0: yeah of like
1: how they were being censored it's like instagram wasn't built for posting memes like like dead ass like you couldn't even (laughs) upload stuff the first couple years or whatever right like you had to oh yeah you had to use the native camera you had to use the camera yeah like it's like it was not the the core of the idea of this product and brand was is not based on sharing memes like i'm sorry i love all my meme account mutuals i love Mm -hmm. selectual accounts i love all of you but you you're you are
0: uh, i've always seen it as what i've always seen it as is uh you're doing twitter on instagram that's how yeah, I kind of. Sort of well and sense. you
1: know what's really funny too is you'll see stuff i see stuff on instagram first and you, or excuse me on on twitter first and then you see people it gets posted to meme accounts yeah. and it's like we know where all of you are pulling this from like it's it's like a, you and i could have a meme account in two seconds from yeah. going on twitter for an hour but it's you know it's kind of low-hanging fruit I, you know on one hand I, I respect these people that's why i respect the selectual accounts in particular because they kind of created their own memes but a yeah. lot of the big meme pages are just pulling from from Reddit and 4chan and, and yeah. Twitter, most likely. Um,
0: and I feel like yeah. there's two ways to behave on like, Instagram specifically. One, if you are trying to promote something, um, like yeah. you are the book, or right. you have an event coming up and you want right. to let people know about it. In that way, it's right. kind of Facebook-y. But um, like... <sighs> I think like there's, there's that. And I think that if you are someone who, especially if you're, if you're directly selling something, you're selling a subscription or you're selling a product or something like that, you need to understand that like, you're going to have to be on all the social networks because just one isn't a guarantee. And like, that can't be your only, um, place, Mm -hmm. uh, because the rules, like I see a lot of, um, people I know who are like, maybe like a makeup artist or like a photographer or something. And they'll post something where it's like the finished work. And it's like, Oh, I did this campaign for Nike. And then they tag everyone who is in it. And those posts really get suppressed because I think that Instagram sees them as like, Oh, if this is a Nike ad, then Nike or whoever should be paying to have this promoted. So these people are like, my portfolio work isn't getting surfaced on the feed. uh, And I'm like being punished or something. I don't know. Um, No, I think that's
1: real. I I actually, I'd be interested to go and look at some of my photographer friends' engagement um, because they do the same thing, right? You know, it's I photographed this person, they tag them. You know, Mm -hmm. these two people assisted, this person did the makeup. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing as what you described. Yeah. Um, And I wonder how that works, especially now with the algorithm sort of suppressing images, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you almost be better off to make it a reel and then tag everyone in the reel and just make it like something like and I've 10 seen pictures people cycling
0: do that yeah. where it's or or i've literally seen it just like it's a real but it's just a static meme and yeah. it maybe has sound over it but it's really yeah. just someone is being like well these are the rules we're playing by now um yeah. and the other way to use instagram is to keep in touch with people to yeah to know what's going on with your friend status updates you know right
1: this is my chai latte good morning um, GM. yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. I don't know. I just think like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still working out these thoughts. It's more just like sort of an instinctual thing. I'm like observing where I'm just like, you have to remember that like these co- companies don't owe you anything. And I'm not saying that in a way where I'm like, I like am pro like pro company over user or something like that. I'm just saying like, be realistic about uh, the relationships that you have in your life with companies.
1: Completely. I think that, i would i would add two things or i, I would say two things to this i think you are a very um uh i don't know what the terminology i want you are a very elite operator in this space in that you have worked <laughs> in brand marketing for for a while so mm-hmm. you understand this i think that urbit's it's marketing that we've been discussing is kind of on the opposite end of it. it's trying to just red pill normies to see what you're seeing mm-hmm. after years in the trenches of doing this yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean because, yeah, it, I think most people act like how you described. They don't understand this intrinsically, you know?
0: Yeah. I they feel like they don't, don't understand that, like, it, it is a business with, like, business goals. Like, yeah. Instagram isn't a public service, it is not a government service. It's not the post office, you know?
1: Did you want to talk about this briefly as long as we're talking about Urbit? I know this is something that I've been thinking about when I was looking at, you know, our notes kind of mm-hmm. collaboratively. Um, you know, we've talked about Talon a little bit, but, uh, it's almost like the way that Urbit works right now is that there's Talon. You actually, you texted me this last night. I don't even think it's in the, doc, in the doc. How does herbit make money, right? This was something you were curious about.
0: Did I ask you that? I think you did. Okay. I have, this is a whole, like, oh my God. I have so many thoughts on this, but it's like such a can of worms um, but go on. Say
1: what you're going to say. Well, we can. I just want to say we can talk about this really fast, and then maybe come back to it. I don't know much more than what I'm going to say. But basically, Talon is the for-profit company that develops the Urbit operating system. Okay. There's also the Urbit Foundation. Okay. And this is like the nonprofit that yeah. promotes Urbit. It, basically, it and and you know um, helps develop the software or not. Basically, um, it's almost like WordPress and WordPress.org you know how there's wordpress.com where you can like sign up for wordpress to host your blog and uh-huh. pay x amount of dollars a month whatever and then there's wordpress.org the nonprofit that like develops the wordpress software okay. i think it's like that i'm pretty sure that the way this makes money is like that where um like for example you know we we didn't go too into this but like your erbit was on your computer and you know you had to boot it up you literally had to metaphorically and literally boot it and the, to get on the network right mm-hmm. um my Urbit is being hosted by Twan. So my Urbit exists. It's always on accessible in the cloud. Okay. Okay. So I pay money to Twan every month to host my Urbit. So I can just use it whenever I want. I don't have to have my MacBook turned on and booted. It. I, you know, I can't get it on my phone. I don't have to do anything. Um, it makes it a little bit easier to use. So, um, you know, I guess we've been talking about how these web two companies make money they make money because they sell software as a service essentially right and not even you know really really they sell ads yeah we've been talking mostly about you know Instagram they sell ads
0: yeah
1: but you know the web two ethos is basically you know software as a service software in the world, whatever um, <clears throat> and and advertising orbit um, will never sell you ads or will never show you ads um, Th- there's a couple ways, you know, th- they make money from the hosting or they plan on making money from hosting specific urban instances, urban planets or whatever. And then also, um, Talon, the corporation owns a ton of this urban address space. So like planets and, and whatnot, planets and stars and whatnot, galaxies mm-hmm. that we're not even, we, we can save that for another discussion another our time explaining how that works, but, but they own a bunch of that. So that's how they make money.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I, mean, I, I, oh, go ahead. Go.
0: No, no, finish your thought.
1: I was just going to say, I'm only even bringing this up just to emphasize in the context of what we're talking about of like, this is another one of the big draws for, for Urbit and why people, why one of the, the things used to red pill people on it is that it is, um, it's not mining your data, it's not survey, surveying you. It really can't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, just, it's outside of this model of how the internet works currently basically just entirely Mm -hmm. so that's why i wanted to say that um we're gonna go a little further but what were we gonna say i'm sorry
0: i just from my just sort of like bird's eye view of web3 crypto (laughs) blockchain etc which i have not really dedicated myself to learning that much about but i do Mm -hmm. i do you know i keep up a bit um on the low (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i hear a lot of really idealistic and utopian ideas uh that are cool and i just see so much room for corruption <laughs> i'm just like yeah. i mean it's one of those things where i'm like i don't it doesn't matter to me like what happens um but i will be interested to see like for instance i remember listening to it was a bloomberg podcast with uh, this group called e-girl capital which oh my God. infuriated <laughs> okay. me on its basis. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I had to learn more and it's sort of like, it's a quote collective, yeah. quote anonymous investors. Okay. And basically eventually, you know, toward the end of the podcast, they start talking about like, well, these various projects are blah blah. like how will you make money? And the woman's, The woman speaking is so idealistic, so utopian the whole time. And then she kind of is like, it all boils down to like, I guess we'll have to uh, take a percentage of micropayments. (laughs) And it's like, so if you pay, if I PayPal you, instead of that being free, there'd be like, you know, a little five cents taken off or something like that. And I was just like, I just was laughing because I was like, this is fake innovation. This is so, this is not real innovation. You're going (laughs) to, you're going to skim a little off the top? Sounds like everything. Yeah. Sounds like everything. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, again, like, it's just, we'll see what happens. Um, I like all these idealists. Maybe this is the most fun time to be involved, honestly, because for some reason, the phrase when the rubber hits the road, <laughs> it's going yeah, right. yeah, yeah, to totally. right. like, we'll see what concessions are made because I do believe that there will be concessions. Uh, I don't know what they'll be, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, I. I think the Web3 stuff is as snake oily as, as mm-hmm. anything else, right? I mean, you know, Erbit is, it's it's not really a Web, th- it, it is and it isn't a Web3 thing. That's why the joke is that Erbit's Web6. It's like, it's, yeah. it's on a different level than Web, it's 2x Web3, I guess. Because um, it's not really about money, right? It's about the the idea of the computer, right? No one's selling you anything. We're just, you know, there's, there's this new computing paradigm, that takes for granted, you know. Um, I guess the web Web 2.0 thing that I mentioned of software, you know, a, you know, cloud computing, right? So, like, like I said, my Urbit is running in, in a cloud instance, so I can always access it. It's taking for granted cloud computing, and it's taking for for granted um, blockchains because the the Urban ID is is bootstrapped onto Ethereum. Mm-hmm. But but it's not like there, there's no no one selling you anything here, right? It's it's just a new idea right for how a computer works. Well, yeah, right, yeah.
0: right. I because mean, my <clears throat> my whole <throat> thing is like we don't live in a, a simulation; we live in a speculation, and this all is running on, you know, speculative investment.
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, immediately my my thought is, you know, have have you heard this? Um, this was apparently a real debate in the early nineteen nineties of like, can you sell things on the internet? Like, it was unclear because the internet, as it existed pretty much everyone on the internet was either worked for the government or a mm-hmm. defense contract or at a university. And they were mm-hmm. like, the internet doesn't exist to sell you stuff. It's an yeah. information network. What, you know, you can't just sell stuff. Like it was, it was like, it was like a faux pas almost, or like something people debated, you know? And of course, obviously, uh, you know, e-commerce is, you know, huge now, but like at one point in time, it was taboo to even think that it wasn't what the computer was for. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure people will figure something out, but I can tell you from the way that from everything I've read, heard, and my understanding of how Urbit is architected, Urbit itself is not selling you something. It will be how do we build things on Urbit that we can then use for commerce? That's a whole other conversation that's beyond my scope. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm with you though, that, you know, especially as a, as relatively a lay person, right? I guess I'm the urbit expert here, but in the grand scheme mm-hmm. I'm a lay person. Um yeah. Someone will try and figure it out. You know, give it 10 years, less probably. Um, it all depends on how, how, if Urbit takes off or not, right?
0: Yeah. You know, if,
1: if we live in Urbit utopia, someone's going to figure out how to make money by selling you, by shilling you shit on Urbit.
0: Um, but I, right now it doesn't work that way. It doesn't necessarily even have to be as direct as a transaction between like two entities. Like I'm going to buy a t-shirt or something like that. You know, like... I don't know. There's a lot of ways for people to find, to make money. Um, So I don't know. We'll see. That's just my, I'm open-minded, but I obviously have like a healthy skepticism. I think kind of like the last bit that I want to talk to before we like kind of wrap up is, uh, I I knew this was going to be a long episode, but. Yeah, no, it's cool. I could talk all day about it. I just,
1: I just, it's more for the, for your listeners of like, do they need like a Joe Rogan, like five hour. Yeah. Like.
0: You know, I've always. It it's funny because but... when I first was thinking about doing a podcast, my friend really suggested the like thirty minute like drive time podcast, and no, I kind of was different. like, no, I don't really like... care where people stop. You can listen thirty minutes and turn it off. I don't really care. Like <laughs> I don't yeah. listen to long podcasts in one go. I usually come back to that. It usually keeps, takes takes a few sessions to get through them, unless I'm literally like road trip or uh, cleaning the house or something like that. Anyway, uh,
1: totally. Um... I don't know. Uh, we're talking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, my drive to work is forty minutes one way, so mm-hmm. I spend eighty minutes in a car each day, basically. And um, you know, I use the Overcast podcast player with smart speed, and I listen at one point five x thereabouts. So, like, I mean, I I crush a, you know, I I I, cru- I crush some pods, bro. <laughs> um, I I I listen to a lot of podcasts, but like, yeah, I'm I'm not like special about it like if i it takes two or three trips to listen to something or two or three car rides like whatever it's not you know
0: yeah i yeah yeah. i think like uh like the average like u.s commute time is like 22 minutes or something and that's why like the daily is like 22 minutes or whatever it is but i'm not i don't know i'm not those constraints don't matter to me um anyway so the last bit that i want to get to uh from this article um is someone who says it's <clears throat> another quote uh look ultimately this is a bunch of nerds and nerds love anywhere there's story mythology and lore and that really clicked for me it was like oh it's the lore it's the it's the fact that it can't be summed up in a couple of words it's the fact that you can't that you have to like do work to know all the characters and the moving pieces and it feels like even calling it character, I don't know, all of a sudden like I'm just seeing it as this this like word scene or community or whatever that I want to find an alternative for uh, is this network that you do kind of have to be and it's fun to uncover like, oh, that's how that person and they and this like connects to each other and that's why this, right. whatever. Like as a participant or like someone on the the outskirts, it's fun to like figure out the mythology basically
1: yeah i mean my my knee-jerk reaction to that would be aren't you glad i didn't come on here and start mansplaining erbit to you because <laughs> um, yeah it very much has that like um that thing where yeah there's 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 so much lore and mythology and like it's convoluted enough that it's very much a let me tell you about erbit you know sit down children like you know we're gonna be here to explain you know this this convoluted story of computing was once like this and then computers were like this and then lord yarvin came along and made computers this way and like that, i just but, had a yeah.
0: horrifying mental image of yeah. the facebook movie contextualizing <laughs> early urban <Erbit laughs> in like a sorkin way
1: that'd be so sick
0: actually yeah. i know <laughs> I'm, just, I'm picturing, I'm not even going to name the names, but I'm picturing various characters being reimagined in like 15 years or something to tell the, this origin story. But um, yeah, she sums it up later in the piece. She writes basically that this is an ecosystem of people who are skeptical of the codes of comportment on the internet and the earth who are drawn to a mytholo- mythological universe of Urbit because they feel something is false about the way things are playing out on the surface. And I do feel like that is kind of the uniting theme Between the people who are becoming increasingly religious, people who are changing their politics, people who generally just feel very unsure, is that it does, it feels like something is wrong. And this is just one of the many efforts to stab in a direction of like something that feels more right. And I think, yeah, that's part of why I guess I really like this this piece is because I, I had a few just like click moments when I was reading it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think that um, I I totally agree. Um, uh, Sorry, my dog is barking upstairs. (laughs) It's very distracting. I I don't think you can hear it, but it's very distracting. Um, um, Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a, a perfect summation, also of the kind of people that are drawn to this—people that are looking to exit, you know, for to ch- either change society or leave society, you know. And I that's um, a uh, no. Go ahead um, uh, 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 or you know, say what you're going to say. I'm sorry.
0: Um, I think that like I was reflecting on a conversation that I had with a friend who I don't know, like I was like going on about like the meaning of life or whatever, and she was like, I literally don't think about these things like i never considered these things (laughs) i appreciated her honesty in it and like the fact that she thinks it's like kind of weird that i think about these things but the more i've like reflecting on that convo was like one i think it's just she's just not a very like uh, reflecting type of person but two i think it's because her life's really comfortable which is not a dig at all she works very hard but yeah you know she's She's kind of got the basis down, healthy, extended family, you know, good relationship with her immediate family, married, dog, good income, happy at work, all of these things. When things are working for you, there's no reason to wonder, you know? And I think that when things aren't working for you, when you're like, I can't get employment that makes sense to me and pays me what I think I should be paid or what I can before i don't have the family relationships i want i don't have the community relationships that i i think that like that like being uncomfortable is what draws people together in this way where it's like yeah if you're comfortable there's no reason it's like it's working for me
1: yeah yeah um i mean i think that that's what draws a lot of these people ideologically um, or, or, maybe why right now it's more ideological because it's people that either see, see an existential threat looming
0: mm-hmm. or
1: are just total outsiders already. Um, you know, like you described, um, religious people are increasingly re- re- religious people. Um, uh, you know, people who, who, who say heterodox thinkers, you know, um, you know, uh, don't mean this is a dig to your friend, but someone that that, like you said, works a job and is happy and is content. Yeah, they don't need to. But if, if you're an outsider, um, it changes the game, right? It changes how you think about, you know, your your goals and and um, your goals in life and how the world around you operates. I guess. Yeah. Um, and Urbit tries to is is as a computer system trying to create an alternative computer system, right? To how I, we, the, the established order that we have today, right? Yeah,
0: and I mean, I think we see these yearnings all over the place. Like, I just think about how much, like, in the sort of, like, girly, like, beauty wellness sort of space, how much um, spirituality and astrology, tarot, finding some kind of order, something to believe in for people who don't have, like, traditional religion they are seeking even just like being more connected with the earth because the earth feels true and sure something feels untrue you know but you don't go looking it takes a sort of desperation to go looking for answers like you don't go looking for answers if you feel like you don't have any questions
1: right completely
0: Um, Um. but we can okay we can wrap it up it's a massive topic we barely scratched the surface, but I'm glad we finally yeah. did this because we've been talking about doing this for a while. and For uh, like months. Yeah. This was really fun. I found.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you have any final, I, final thoughts? Anything you want to add um, addendums?
1: No, not really. Um, this is, I think just the beginning of a bigger dialogue. If you want to hold on, if you want to, um, you know, talk more about this, I think, uh, I'm, let me preface this by saying, I'm curious about the future of Urbit. I don't know. You know, it seems like stuff is really starting to pop off after this assembly event in September. It seems Mm -hmm. like there's a lot more developer interest, and that I think will push wider adoption. Um, You know, something we didn't talk about the network is still very small. As of like this spring, it was like 20 some thousand people active users. So, I mean, this has a lot of runway still. And um, uh, I think that this just scratches the surface for what's. you know, just just begins the dialogue about it, if it's going to go anywhere, if it has legs or not.
0: Yeah. Um, but, I almost like was thinking of this as like a part one because I assume, I think this is a topic I'll want to come back to. I don't, I don't, I think I'm going to be interested in this. I don't yeah, think Yeah, right. I, and it's I so funny. To... <laughs> I'm not even like really a user. I just like am interested in the, I guess where it's sitting like in the culture and I, I only think that that's going to like, I definitely think there's going to be uh, part two and then maybe more some.
1: Yeah. Um, and if I can hook you up with um, some people that are more knowledgeable than me or more, you know, I know you mentioned Talon people. I, I know some people, but I don't know them well enough. If I, but if I can make some introductions, I would. Um, yeah. You know who you should talk to about this? Uh, I, you know, kind of casually know Ruby, you know, mm-hmm. from the Astra thing. Um, you, should, you should maybe just talk to her directly. I think that'd be yeah. awesome. I think that might be more up your alley than... Um, having me talk about it because she was a layperson, woman there just taking this in. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be very curious to see what she has to say has to like, you know, not just what she wrote about, but how she would verbalize it. You know, I think that'd be really cool. I can maybe make that introduction for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really, Um, like I said at the beginning, I would love to just talk to someone who's doing like communications or marketing or like any of that strategy because it's coming from somewhere and I would be curious to learn more. But, uh, Okay, where can the people find you if they if they're interested?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm around. Um, <laughs> my Instagram is the easiest. It's just Michael O U Z, all one word. Um, uh, there is an accompanying Twitter with that handle, but don't I don't use it anymore. Um, then uh, Twitter, my Twitter is at apodictish whatever. Um, really, you should find me on urbit, or you can find me on Twitter with this handle. It's at pullpub. B-O-L-L-E-T-P-O-L-P-U-B.
0: Cool. That's, that's it. Um, all right, my last bits. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend. Um, if you made it to the end of this episode, let me know. <laughs> uh, that's That would be cool. Um, I might restart the Patreon soon because I do love potting, but I am severely underemployed. So I might need to beg for money until I get that BC funding to be a niche podcast philosopher, which could happen. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, that is all for now. Thank you for listening and talk later, I guess. I need a sign off.
1: Did you stop recording?
0: No, no, no. But I need, oh, like, this is yeah. something I, like, I, want, I really, like, need to come up with a sign-off. Because I think it's cute when pods have that. But, uh yeah, I don't know what mine is. Yeah,
1: you got to have your own little see you in hell sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. See you in hell is not your vibe, though.
0: No. On Celebrity Book Club, they say, best. Which I think is really funny, like, when you sign, like, a stupid email. Best, Nicola. The cheers, Nicola. Like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, ciao. Okay, yeah, I don't know. We're going to end it now.